Welcome to another episode of Mental Conversations, a podcast focusing on positive mental health and overcoming the struggles of life. My name's Chris Sutton and I'm excited. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You look excited. I am, I do no, feel do, excited. Yeah. Um, I'm excited and feeling very short. You feel quite high up there. Um, today I'm joined in our um, OSIT studio uh, by Dr. Emma Cook. Emma is an award-winning doctor of osteomyology. Osteomyology. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Uh, clinical nutrition and founder of the award-winning medicinal kitchen. Um, I've been through your list of talents yes. once before, okay. and it was half the podcast. <laughs> so I'm going yeah. to try and stay away from that. But it is pretty endless. Um, so thank you for coming back on the show. You're very welcome. Um, we could talk about any aspect of mental health in the world and mm-hmm. we and we've talked about lots of stuff mm-hmm. off air off microphone before but today we're going to talk about nutrition yep. um and its impacts on mental health yeah. uh, now we did talk about this before mm-hmm. um so i wanted to kind of have a little bit of a recap yep. and then just see where it goes um but maybe That's dangerous yeah i don't mind that <laughs> i don't mind a bit don't mind a bit of danger <laughs> Um, but maybe we could talk about dieting in particular, something yeah. I was quite interested in, in talking to a, someone who's got expertise in nutrition about. So, but to start with, um, how did you get into nutrition? What was it that actually introduced you to it? Um, I didn't really take up nutrition for any other reason other than to control my own pain. I'd had a serious car accident and was suffering with um, uncontrollable levels of pain that medication wasn't having any impact on and nutrition was pretty pretty much the only thing I hadn't tried so I'd done acupuncture I'd done therapy I'd done physiotherapy and and I got to a point where I was scrambling for something mm-hmm. and as soon as I started to look into the impact that food had on my own personal well-being it became apparent that it would help other avenues as well so not just pain related Hmm. but then obviously I experimented on my family and my husband yeah um to find out if it had an effect on just you know mental health and positivity okay um so yeah so I did a lot of research around it and you know it was it was research-based experimentation (laughs) and and, and, but you you found it to be um positive you found it yeah absolutely I mean I did an awful lot of research into the effects of gluten mm-hmm. and um, and what they'd done in America around that subject. And they'd taken entire institutions and put them on a gluten-free, celiac-style diet. Okay. And they, the outcome of that was extremely positive in that their symptoms were reducing. And quite a lot of the people who were there actually were able to come off their medication and control their symptomology purely by having this item removed from their diet. What, what, is, what, what is gluten? Um, gluten is something that's been increased in modern diets purely from the fact that we've, we've changed the makeup of grain. Mm-hmm. So, so gluten has always been present in any grain in the country that has grown. Okay. What we've done is we've modified the grain to make sure that we are making as much money as possible. And the, the, the impact of that is that gluten is the portion of the grain that has been increased. So it's almost right. like it bulks out the grain. Um, and if you look at the Natural Hygienist Society's vision of gluten, it's not that we're necessarily allergic to it. It's the amount that we're allergic to. Right. So okay. 
if you look at how they recommend you make bread, for example, mm -hmm. they would use the ancient form grain, which is obviously a very small portion of gluten contained. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then they ferment and they leave the bread to ferment, mm -hmm. which we don't do now either. And then you can quite safely, as a celiac, consume that bread that they produce. Really? So it is, it's like this quick, quick, I now culture. Yeah. And also the, the, like you said, if it's, if it's bulking it out and if it's making it um, cheaper to produce and yeah. therefore, Absolutely. and if, if that doesn't affect the taste, then companies that aren't actually interested in health or um, Yeah, they're the interested quality. in a profit margin. Yeah. And that, and that is exactly what, what we've done. We've produced a grain that will give them as much and a maximum amount of profit, which, yeah. which for, for the majority of people isn't an issue. Yeah. But there are more and more people that are suffering with symptoms that are not, not an allergy per se, but they're uncomfortable when they eat gluten. Yeah. And it's becoming, certainly in my clinics, it's becoming a much more prevalent issue. Well, I think, I mean, per, from personal experience, I've... I've started, I've heard similar things before, but not to that level of detail. Mm -hmm. And I've heard about... Um, if we weren't on a podcast, I'd draw you a picture. <laughs> <laughs> right. On the... Of a grain. I've heard, well, I've heard, I'm not sure, I don't, you might not know this, but I'm not sure if they use, still use the old grain in France. Mm -hmm. Someone was saying to me about, or I heard, was listening to a podcast, I think, that was saying that in France, you know, the bread goes off by one o'clock. You know, yeah. like it's, you know, it's fresh yeah. bread. And it's people go in France, go and buy a baguette mm -hmm. that morning, and mm -hmm. then they eat, they consume it that day. Mm -hmm. And but what we tend to do in this country is you buy essentially long lost, you know, long life bread. Yeah, I mean, if you look at any of the European countries, you try buying a loaf of bread like you can buy at home, mm. and you can't find it. You know, they famously have that bread called bimbo. Yeah, um, <laughs> but but the consistency of it is not akin to our bread. No. And people, obviously, when they go on holiday, it's very dry, it's quite brittle. Yes. You yeah. know, it doesn't have that same gluey format. Yeah. So, in, so when, I, when I consume a lot of bread, I feel myself bloated. And I think mm. one of the things is around inflammation. Mm -hmm. You know, inflammation seems to be something that we've, um, or scientists have worked out that um, you know, things like work, working on your gut bacteria yeah. and all of those things are around reducing inflammation in mm -hmm. your body and that makes sense to me in the way I feel after mm -hmm. eating something like that mm -hmm. so so nutri so go on you're gonna it, well nutritionally there is no you don't get anything from gluten okay in itself there's okay. not particularly a nutritional benefit to eating it yeah <clears throat> it doesn't mean that you should avoid it unless you have a problem with it but if you look at the um like you're saying from the inflammation point of view it is difficult for your body to digest that mm. so you're giving your body more to do it's like similarly to eating high quantities of red meat you are asking your body to digest a lot more and it, it is more difficult for it to do that yeah i uh, so that that in itself mm -hmm. Is a, is a good enough reason to mm -hmm. have a look, most of us, like, I reckon it's fair enough to say most of us, mm -hmm. to have a look at our diet mm -hmm. and to actually have a look at, like you've just said, your experience of how you got into it was for your, you know, a very personal thing about yourself and something yeah. you could control. Well, maybe not to the extreme of pain management that you were going through, but a lot of people are feeling unhappy or could feel, could be more positive mm -hmm. and, um, it's quite often I've found difficult to 
make the link between how you think and what you're eating. I, you know, it's, I, for me, it was never a natural jump, that. Yeah, of course. Um, but the, there is an understanding now that that is absolute, can absolutely help. Mm-hmm. But I think, and this is why I wanted to talk to you about dieting, not necessarily let's go on a diet, but, it, but the kind of foods people eat and the kind of patterns people get into. Yeah. Because I always think, and I remember we talked about this, it's a long time ago we were here, we talked and the first time we, um, we met on the podcast, but we talked quite a lot about what I was eating. Yes. And about, you know... Um, and it provided me many hours of amusement. Yeah, yeah. And it's kind of, <laughs> it, it was kind of like, you know, if I look back at that now, I feel like I have changed slightly. Yeah. But not like to any massive degree. I mean, I just came in here and was boasting to you that, um, you know, making me a coffee and I was like, oh, I've got oat milk. I'm not drinking milk anymore. And what did you say to me? <laughs> Is it gluten free? Is it gluten free? I was like, damn it. <laughs> Shut down. Um, so, but yeah, you know, so I've tried to make kind of small mm-hmm. moves around it. But yeah. um, what do you, what, what's your perception or what's your view on people when they say they're, go, they're like dieting? That's massive. That's it a massive is. topic. Yeah. And obviously there's a lot of people dieting right now because we're hitting the new year. Hmm. There's this huge kind of concept that new year, new me is yeah. how you do it. Um, and I was, you know, I think a lot about these issues around that. It's an awful lot of pressure to put on yourself. New year, new, year, new me. Yeah. I would not encourage anyone to try and be the new them. Just be yourself, but maybe slightly improved. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. And it's just about smaller changes that are manageable. If you sit there and suddenly decide to overhaul your entire diet plan or your entire meal plan or your exercise plan, whatever it is, it's a massive leap from perhaps nothing. Yes, yeah. That obstacle that you've just created is the size of Everest. Yeah, and then... And, and which is why, by usually around the 16th of January, most people have fallen off their resolution wagon. Yeah, and then you feel even worse and because you feel, feel worse. like you've failed. you failed, exactly. Yeah. You're setting yourself up for that, you know, negativity of mindset. Yeah. So yeah. what I would say is if your end goal for the year is to have changed the way you eat, mm-hmm. pick one thing and change that. Yeah, okay. And once you've mastered it, pick something else. So like, so some, so for example, like um, reducing the amount of bread yeah. you eat, something like that. Yeah, so if you have, uh, religiously say, if you have in your diet toast for breakfast, sandwich for dinner, and then you have, I don't know, what, pe- what do people have like? Pizza, pizza, spaghetti bolognese, something like that. If that's yeah. if that's what you do, pick one of those and change it. So instead of having toast for breakfast, have scrambled eggs with some spinach or something like that, and mm-hmm. make one change rather than doing all of them. Yeah, okay. It's just not manageable. And then, and and meant from a mental health point of view, it is really setting yourself up for that negativity. Yeah, bite-sized chunks. I'm thinking. That's very yeah. BBC, yeah. I think. Yeah. <laughs> they, they do their bite-sized chunks for GCSE revision. Oh, right, okay, well, let's, <laughs> we could do some of that. Um, yeah, um, I, was just, I was just being stupid. I couldn't get the thing out, the stupid pun out of my head when we were talking about gluten and these companies making more bread. I was thinking that's what they were doing. <laughs> oh, 
Yeah, I told you before we came on I was gonna we were gonna have fun today, um, <laughs> so I can only apologise we're not yet. But um, I was I've been reading this um, or I was listening to something and I've just bought this book. I think it's called Mindless Eating. Yep. Have you heard about this? Mm-hmm. Um, and there are a couple of things in there I wanted to like throw at you and see what you thought. Okay. Um, so when you said about making small changes, yeah. I really like. There's a couple of things I really liked. They were saying about if you fill your plate, you'll eat it. And generally what you'll do when you make a meal is you fill your plate. That's just a, I don't know, whether it's human nature or whatever. Mm-hmm. So they're saying, have smaller plates. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if, if your intention is that you want to lose mass, yeah, then yes. That's not necessarily people, everybody's goal. Yes. Okay. So, so if you want to lose mass, and one way of doing it is to reduce the plate size. Yeah. I think, it, yeah, that's a good point, actually. I'd kind of got it in my head that um, so many people do struggle with their, or being overweight, mm-hmm. that when I was, when I think dieting it or your diet, it's about, it's quite often about losing weight. Now, I'm not really, like, I haven't weighed myself, I can't remember the last time I weighed myself, I'm not really interested. It's not, it's not, you know, I've actually realised or I've learned that that's not the key to why I'd be changing my diet anyway. Mm-hmm. It's actually about how I feel that's mm-hmm. more important. Um, but at the same time, I think there is, if it was sustainable, there's probably a real link between if you're feeling healthy and the fact that you look healthier as well, and perhaps, but I don't know, is that... Is that... Yeah, I mean, that's not necessarily true. I have patients who are normal weight that are unhealthy, and I have patients that are technically overweight, but they are very healthy. So I think the definition of health needs to be um, looked at in the UK. But in terms of the overweight and the food, yes, we have an abundance of food in the UK that we didn't have. Our portion sizes have increased as a consequence. Yeah. And we move around less. Yes. Okay. So there is a com- combination of issues that accumulate to perhaps people being overweight in a in an unhealthy fashion. Yeah. Okay. And then, and if um, I think the thing that that set in my brain going is that it is it's part of you know it's another tool in the toolbox, isn't it? Your diet mm-hmm. and what you eat and the and nutrition. It's not the thing that fixes everything, but it is quite it is quite a substantial thing. Yeah. So if we took it, so we could go down the route of talking about the actual, um, um, in fact, I wouldn't mind talking to you a little bit about Feed Your Mind, mm-hmm. um, which is um, the, the book you put together with the mm-hmm. recipes using all the ingredients around yeah. um, that are good for your mental health. But before I do, I just wanted to like ask you about a couple of other things, because I'm just interested in your view on it. So the main one really is intermittent fasting. Okay. Do you know much? I mean, mm-hmm. what's the deal with that? What's the deal with it? Yeah, like, like what, why does it, what are the benefits of it? Why is it such a buzz thing at the minute? That I, I mean, I keep hearing about it and I'm not looking for it. It's one of those, if, if you notice, there will be fads of everything. Okay? Yeah. At one, one time, if you, it was the, um, what's his name, Joe, Joe, Joe Wicks, is it? Oh, the, yeah? the body Lean coach. 15. Yeah, yeah. So he was, it was like 15 minutes of high intensity interval training with his diet plan. And that was the buzz. You know, the, so the, we're always going to have buzz. Yeah, diets, okay. Yeah. Okay. In terms of intermittent fasting, it doesn't suit everybody. 
okay everyone's different mm-hmm. everyone should really try and find what suits them i have some patients who are strongman competitors that won't eat at all and they have all of their food in one meal just one meal yeah. a day it doesn't matter when people say you know breakfast is the most important meal of the day it's not individuals could have a different plan if it suits them yeah but they base their diet plan on something called caveman strategy so in, in the caveman scenario, you would go out for the day, you would maybe graze on some nuts and berries that you can pick or, or find, yeah. and then you go back to your camp and you eat the food that you've hunted. Yeah, okay. So they eat their vegetables first, and then they eat their meat. So it controls the amount of red meat that they're eating yeah. from a health point of view, but also that suits their way of training. Okay. I suppose, yeah, I mean, it does make sense in terms of... But that would be a, a, a fasting style of diet. Yeah, I mean, that's... Okay. That, that'll be like... Yeah, now intermittent fasting works on a basis that it's trying to kickstart hormones. Is it trying to trick your body in my... Yeah, you're, you're trying to kickstart yeah. the system by not having... Well, you're, you're having 12 hours, say, of not, not eating. Yeah. And then you give your metabolic rate a kick up the arse. Yeah. Excuse my language. <laughs> but that's exactly the same principle, if you think about it, of having your last meal at 8pm, Yeah. going to bed, waking up and having your breakfast at 8am. Yeah, yeah. It's still fasting. Yes. It's, I, it's and just I, you haven't called it fasting. No, and again, it's the routine, isn't it? Again, it comes back to that routine thing again. It's made me think about when, um, like my, um, I was talking about oat milk. So mm-hmm. I talking about oat milk. And I was thinking... This is really weird. I've started drinking oat milk, which may be another fad. I don't know, whatever. But like, um, and and I've started thinking this is really beneficial to me mm-hmm. and all these positive, positive things. And yet I give both my children cow's milk, you know, like blue top um, cow's milk. Mm-hmm. And I know that's what they both get at school and at nursery. And, um, and I was thinking, and also... Um, the other thing was having a dessert after your meal. Mm-hmm. And I know at my daughter's school, they have, in their meal plan, it shows you that they get they have a pudding and it's always like, you know, sticky toffee, yeah. whatever, yeah. like custard <laughs> with so-and-so or ice cream or like every day. Yeah. And I'm thinking, and there is, a, there is another option, but I'm like, we well, don't want, I don't want my child to be the one that, uh, that they go, no, you're having a, an apple, mm-hmm. all the rest of the kids are having custard. Mm-hmm. So... It's this. It's really difficult to kind of break out of a, a routine of something, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And, but if you if you know your child's having a three course meal effectively for their lunch, then you would just taper their breakfast and their tea around that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I suppose so. But I think, but with the intermittent fasting, that was make it was. I was thinking, well, when I wake up in the morning, I'm hungry. Mm-hmm. You know, my stomach's rumbling, and if I um, if I don't eat. I, I, I think if I don't eat, I mean, I might be a bit of a, a wimp, but like, I think I feel, <laughs> feel quite lightheaded, like w- within like an hour and a half uh-huh. of being awake. Uh-huh. So, so I kind of feel I have to eat. So it's mm-hmm. about retraining yourself, isn't it? Mm-hmm. But, but I like that tapering that you mentioned there. That's a really, you know, I don't have to have a big breakfast or a big tea in the evening. Or, mm-hmm. So yeah, those, those small changes are, um, um, are really, really beneficial. Um, so... Can we talk about um, Feed Your Mind? Mm-hmm. So what was the... 
I know what you, I know the catalyst was the the pain management to actually yeah. look at the nutrition. Yeah. But when did you start thinking that that about producing that? Um, I I was doing some work with Anxiety United and State of Mind, which is the um, men's mental health group working through sport. Yeah. And it became very obvious that when we were talking about the importance of diet. So if I was talking to somebody who wants to get a six pack, mm-hmm. okay, it's quite common that you would hear them say it's eighty percent kitchen, twenty percent exercise. Okay, right, okay. It's exactly the same for whatever you're trying to do with food. Eighty percent of importance is the fuel you put into your body. Right. So if that's incorrect for whatever goal you want to achieve, you will struggle to achieve your goal. Right. In terms of mental health, if you're if you're feeling anxious, stressed, and any of those kind of symptoms, depression, if you want to improve that, then yes, there are steps and measures you can take. You can take some medication from your GP. You know, you could go, and I know everyone says you can go and exercise, and that's a great antidepressant. But if you're not putting in the right fuel, yes, yeah, you can't be efficient to achieve any of those other elements. And when I was working with State of Mind and Anxiety United, it was obvious that this is something that's never considered. And in terms of of allergies, people are very aware of allergies, mm. people are aware of intolerances, but they don't necessarily, like yourself, think of how that can translate into a mental symptom, not just a physical. Yeah. Because you eat your food, you expect a physical symptom. Yes, yeah, yeah. It's not always the case. The interesting thing is, so when I... When I um... And it is about patterns and routine routines again. But the thing I really struggle with, and why I, I get quite excited when I talk to you about the, what the work you've done with this, because where I've always struggled is, yeah, but what should I be eating? Mm-hmm. And I've had conversations with people before where they've kind of listed mm-hmm. ingredients, essentially, and I've still gone, yeah, but what do I do with that? Yeah, <laughs> I still don't know what to do with that. So, so like it, it you know. Um, just for, for people that don't know, what is, what is the book I'm talking about in your Well, words? essentially what I decided to do was, was work out one system for people to go to. So whether that was in the format of a book or a website, I mm. hadn't decided at the time. But I wanted it to be somewhere where all of the information about good food, good ingredients, good herbs were there, and also everything that can have a negative effect. But then simultaneously give them ideas of what to do with that. Because, like you said, it's very, very easy for me to say, don't eat this, don't eat that, don't eat the other. Yeah. Then what do you eat and how do you put everything together in an interesting fashion? Yeah. But I also wanted to make it very simple. Because when you're stressed out and you're anxious, the last thing you want to do is spend hours in a kitchen. Yeah. So there are some recipes that are very simple in the book. But my website is everything that's quick and easy. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and that way you're not traumatizing yourself yeah. by having to spend a lot of time on a complicated recipe just to make yourself feel better and the other thing is you know from personal experience um there's sweet stuff in there yeah of course <laughs> like, there is. yeah but like it, i mean this is a personal thing but i'm sure there's lots of people out there that are in the same boat is i have an incredibly sweet tooth mm-hmm. you know i'm soon probably gonna have no teeth because of how <laughs> sweet my tooth is like and 
so actually the finding a replacement for that yeah so even the breakfast one of the breakfast things i've had i'm going to butcher this with the name of it but it's the banana protein oh yeah um banana protein bread yeah yeah absolutely delicious yeah um and i even i it's a long it's quite a while now that i posted this picture but i even put it on my social media about um i put you know i put a couple of blueberries and yeah, some some great yogurt do you remember that decorative, yeah yeah I, yeah that's right and i put it on like uh, it was a nice tablecloth with yeah. watermelon on it it was yeah. like but like but that genuinely was absolutely delicious yeah and the good thing about that, though, is that you can put the ingredients in the slow cooker and then walk away yeah. and do something else. Yeah. You actually don't have to stand over it. I was, I, I did that and thought, this ain't going to work. I was like, this ain't going to work. I just couldn't see how it was going to work. I'm not, I mean, I'm not scientific. I'm not a very good cook. I'm, a, you know, a perfect, like, uh, guinea pig to try something. But was just like... I'm not sure how this is going to work. I'm putting, I'm essentially putting bread in a slow cooker. Is that you know? <laughs> but but yeah. Like, so that's just one example, kind of thing of, um, of of how delicious it is and how and how it works. And it's fill. It was filling mm-hmm. and it was tasty mm-hmm. and it made me feel. I still felt light mm-hmm. afterwards. So you know, it, it's um. And you kicked the craving at the same time. For yeah. The sweetness. Yeah, and that and that's yeah. the thing is that is particularly after um after christmas i mean this will be this this episode will be released at some point in january and you know it's be interesting even then to look back and see how well um me personally how well i've done i couldn't believe over christmas the amount of crap i was given you know whole boxes of celebrations and like whole packet massive packets of cookies from a posh you know coffee shop or whatever and it's just I've got a cupboard full of this stuff. Yeah. But my you know what we did. Go on. We sent it all to Australia. <laughs> <laughs> to someone in particular, yeah. or just did you just put on the packaging Australia? No, 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 no. To, to my friend George. Well, that's <laughs> him and his kids will love it. Yeah, I mean that's that. Yeah, chocolate in Australia is awful actually. So yeah, because um, yeah, they have to, some kind of wax ingredient so it doesn't yeah, melt. Yeah, doesn't So they'll have to eat. They'll have to eat it quickly. But yeah, yeah. No, I could do that. But the, <laughs> my the way I've been brought up in my family is not to waste anything. Of course. So and that's this is the thing is that that side that part of me. Um, you know, very conveniently overrides the the health aspect. Mm. So, um, but that links into what you were saying about the plate. So, if you have this issue where you're brought up to not leave anything and mm. not waste food, yeah. a small plate for you actually would be a great idea. Yes, because I am going to try it. You're, you're conditioned to eat everything that's put in front of you. Well, this this same thing, and I think this is from that book, Mindless Eating. Um, they were talking. It's amazing the experiments they did. Some of the experiments this guy did was like I'm scared. I'm scared. No, no, it's fine. It was fine. He, he, he um, they did an experiment where they had fifty people in group A, fifty people in group B. I'm going to get the numbers wrong, but you'll get the idea. And they gave one group a, a you know, one size of popcorn full. Yeah. And then the other group, they gave it was three times as as big or twice as big. Yeah. And all fifty in both groups mm-hmm. finished their popcorn. Mm-hmm. You know, so it was literally like if it's there, you eat it. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't like I'm not going to eat it till I'm full. But the really interesting one was something they did where they had a they set up a dinner party like scenario or something, and they had these um, like a tube under the table into the soup bowl where they kept filling 
the soup bowl as the person was eating it. Oh, and like, I feel like I was on the set of The Shining or something. Well, they didn't know. They didn't know. <laughs> so it was all kind of like, yeah. So like, I mean, they, I think they must have agreed to be part of an experiment, but they didn't know that that was what was happening. Uh-huh. They were just told, go and eat the meal we're giving you. Yeah. So one lot of people were given, a, were given the soup and they finished the soup and it was finished. But the, the group where they kept putting a bit of soup back in, um, ate something like three times as much soup mm-hmm. and just thought, wow, that's really filling soup, you know? But the, the other people didn't think, oh, I'm yeah. really, I'm empty, I need more. It was just, you just keep eating. You just, mm-hmm. out, you're not even thinking about what you're doing. So, and I, I think that's a slightly skewed kind of experiment in as much as if you're at a dinner party, you would want to be polite to your host yeah, well, yeah, I can't. I mean, it may not have been a dinner I've party, left, but I've left food at dinner parties before, and the but, other people at the table, they go, they look at you like, "Are you eating it?" Or yeah, well, they, that was another thing they did. That was another, you were saying about um, they, they, there was an experiment with chicken wings, and they there was um, you could eat it was eat as much as you wanted, mm-hmm. and for one group, they after every few, they took the empty or the you know the eaten bone the bones away. And for the other group, they left them there. And the group where the bones were left there ate a lot less mm. than the group where they were taken away. Yeah. So it was just showing like how so much of it's in your mind. And also that kind of like, you don't get that full or satiated feeling until about 20 minutes after you've eaten. Mm-hmm. So quite often, you know, you'll really, really overeat. And it's only 20 minutes later, you go, oh God, I shouldn't have eaten all that. Mm-hmm. So... You know, whether it's realistic to stop... Do you remember back in the 80s when they used to say, before every meal, there were a few crazy diets, before every meal you should drink a glass of water. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that was to fill you up. Yeah, okay. So you you drink the glass of water 15 minutes before you eat, and then obviously it kind of takes out that 20 minutes fullness. Well, I mean... And then there was the other one where you had to eat a boiled egg before every meal. (laughs) I haven't heard of that one. Oh, yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah. That's... Yeah, and the and the funny thing that they used to say about that was that the boiled egg would eat part of your meal for you, and it wasn't at all. It was just that because you'd eaten the boiled egg fifteen minutes prior, you weren't as hungry. You weren't as hungry. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So it's it's um, uh, this is an awful analogy. It's like putting a brick in the cistern of your toilet to kind of use less water, isn't it? Yeah. But, yeah. So it's that it's that displacement theory, I suppose, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. But you know, these so these are little hints and tips for for people to try. Um, we've only got a couple of minutes left, actually. But um, <laughs> is there anything else that you'd think of as a really good, you know, like we say, we are, by the time this goes out, it'll be like towards the end of January. But people are in that period of like looking at the year ahead mm. and what little changes they can make. So mm. um, any, any other kind of pearls of wisdom that you'd throw at them? No, I would just say to anybody who's trying to change anything, you know, if you, there's always this thing, isn't there? Like you have something that's wrong mm. in inverted commas i am doing the hand gesture yeah yeah um, i can i can vouch for that wrong and then you kind of go oh i've messed it up now yes i'll start on monday yeah and that actually never happens you know i would say the, the biggest thing is consistency is key okay if you make an error or you have something that's off plan don't worry about it it's I love just that. one thing yeah and it's one day one meal one tiny item you know, the big grand scheme of things over a full year is that that's not going to make much difference. Yeah. And when I was talking to patients and to clients about Christmas, they want to eat with the families, they want to maybe have a bit of indulgence. Yeah. Do it. Yeah. Because 
actually the, the 11 months and four and like three weeks is where it makes a difference and it is and it is accum- it is cumulative isn't it absolutely you know, f- yeah food like eating. yeah so but if yeah. you're going to be strict and you want to have that kind of make those little changes do it small but then have a meal where you know you're going to have that release of i'm going to eat whatever i fancy yeah yeah love it so you plan it in a you look forward to it B, you can plan it around your social life, but you then don't feel that you're restricted. Yeah, yeah, And the yeah. restriction can cause you're not missing you to out. go out on yeah. a limb and eat everything. Okay, that's great. I love it. <laughs> I'm in touch with that emotion. I, I, I may have done that. It's true, though, um, isn't it? When you feel like you can't have something, you want it more. Yeah. So yeah. if you actually plan it in and say, right, okay, I'm having my pizza or whatever it is yeah. on Saturday night, I'm going to have that, then... And you know it's coming, so you look forward to the pizza. Yeah. And you don't feel like you're missing out on having the pizza. I think that's a really good, really good advice. Um, thank you so much. No We've run out of time. How can people get hold of you on social media and stuff? <laughs> and stuff? Oh, okay. Um, it's no stalking. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Don't give are... me mobile. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, social media, Dr. E. Kirk, OSTM. It's my Twitter handle, uh, Emma Kirk on Facebook. I think I've got two... Facebook pages, and then there's a medicinal kitchen one as well. Yeah, medicinal kitchen, fantastic, absolutely love it. Um, thank you, and thank you guys for listening. Um, as always, uh, please follow me on Twitter at MentalComs, uh, Instagram Mental Conversations, and please rate the podcast on iTunes so it grows even more, and we can spread it around the world. Thanks so much, <laughs> Emma. Take care. Thank you.